Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unconventional Career Coach Podcast. I'm so excited to be back with a wonderful guest. Karin, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. It's a good day. Yeah. How are you? Good to hear. I'm good too. We are live on LinkedIn. So if you are with us live, let us know where you're calling from. We can see you in the chat. And if you are listening on the podcast, I'm so glad you're tuning in with us. Today, we are going to talk about how to befriend your inner saboteur so you can take bold career steps. And Karen is a coach as well at True You Coaching. And we're going to talk about this. And I think it's going to be incredible, incredibly helpful to have perspective of two people who have both had many saboteurs, yes. <laughs> many very much still present, trying to befriend them and um, to see how you can do that as well. So Karin, can you tell us a bit more about you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the podcast and hello to everybody on LinkedIn. Um, so, you know, my I'm the founder of True You Coaching Services. And I think this one of the things that I'm really focused on right now is career and leadership coaching. And I also took a positive intelligence training program and I'm working towards positive intelligence certification. And so this idea of the inner saboteurs is very central to positive intelligence, which is not something that I created everybody. That is um, by Sh uh, Shirzard Shamin, just to give credit where credit is due. But it's a beautiful framework for better understanding our inner saboteurs. Uh, that language comes from positive intelligence, but it's like our inner critics. And it also, it's been helpful for me. It's helpful for me every day, but it's even helpful for me looking back in my, in, in times where I have struggled in my leadership, in a leadership position. It's very helpful for me to be able to look back with this new framework and be like, oh, I see what happened there, you know, and I, I can see how I actually self-sabotage it. But I will just tell you that when I had a coach who told me I was self-sabotaging and I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. And they did in fact know exactly what they were talking about. So <laughs> you're like, you um, don't know me. <laughs> you know, I'm not self-sabotaging, which in fact was a self-sabotaging thought within itself. It's just very meta, very multi-layered. <laughs> Isn't this human experience just so fun? So yes, fun. I had, so um, I had just five minutes ago, we're recording this on January 30th, and five minutes ago, I was applying for a TEDx talk in my town where I live now. And my inner saboteur was coming through hard. Um, but the beauty is when you know them, when you've befriended them, when you're so familiar with them, you can catch them. So I was, I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw the um, like local what's up Greenville. I live in Greenville, South Carolina, um, Instagram say, Oh, I'm so excited to go to this TEDx event. And last week I got a DM from someone who I didn't know on LinkedIn, who just sent me a message. You should be on a TEDx stage. And I read that and I thought, damn right. I do. Yes, I do need to be on a TEDx stage. So I looked around I didn't see anything. And then today I see this event coming up 24th of February, less than a month away. And I click on the link to buy a ticket and I see a button for buy ticket. I see a button 
for become a speaker and I see a button become a sponsor and I'm like, become a speaker. This is less than a month away. Aren't all these spots already taken? Ding, ding, inner saboteur speaking up. Oh, but who am I to apply for this? Ding, ding, speaking up. So I click on it. It goes to a form. I can apply. And all these bells were ringing off. Yeah, but you're way too late. And like, you don't even have a topic. So instead of listening to these saboteurs, because I know them, I'm like, oh, hey, it's so nice to see you again. Welcome. Yes, we're going to do something exciting and scary. And there you are, my familiar friends. So instead of letting them rule the show, I went over to my whiteboard. I thought to myself, what is the one thing I could talk about for 10 minutes right now? And I would be so passionate. And I wrote it down. I filled in the damn form. And even though I'm scared, even though I think, why are they going to allow me to be a speaker when this is less than a month away? I'm applying. But the only reason that I'm applying and not stopping 10 steps back when those bells started ringing, because that was even before I clicked the button, the bells were ringing. Even before I clicked to get a ticket, the bells were ringing. If I would have listened to that, I would not make a chance to stand on that stage. And as you're listening to this podcast, maybe in the future, I might be on that stage. I might have been on that stage only because I did not listen to those critics. I befriended them. I recognized them and took action knowing, oh, these are my funny friends. And I'm sure, Karen, you have similar experiences where now that you know them a little bit, mm -hmm. have there been moments where you recognized a saboteur and took action accordingly. Yes, I think. So first of all, congratulations. That's fantastic. I can't wait to watch your TEDx talk um, in February. <laughs> yes. I, yes, I, I think so. Some of the this is within the positive intelligence framework, but I have a, well, there, I, you know, there are several saboteurs who li live in my head and they have some different purposes and they show up at different times and, you know, th they have, they, they, they think they're helping me in different ways. We'll just put it that way. And one of them is very strong though, is a, is like a hyper achiever, just like the achiever that is constantly tying my worth up with my achievement. Um, I won't bring us off topic, but if you're an Enneagram person out there, I'm an Enneagram three, which is the achiever. I don't know. Are you an Enneagram? Do you like the Enneagram? I'm not, I'm not super into it. I've heard of it, but I couldn't name my number right now. <laughs> we won't tangent that direction, but for those okay. who are listening who are, they know exactly what I mean. So, um, so there's an, there's this saboteur in my head that is sort of very, I would say, focused on external validation and external and if i'm not seeing validation from external sources it comes in and it says mm, this probably isn't the right direction so you're like you're not you're not getting that validation that you need to be doing something else to prove that you are worthy of whatever just worthy period i mm -hmm. guess <laughs> and you're not seeing external validation in this direction. And so you definitely shouldn't be taking this direction anymore. 
And I, I experience that in a lot of different ways. It pops up in, you know, because that's also like a fundamental aspect of my personality type. So while there are several saboteurs that help me procrastinate and help me, you know, lean into perfectionism too much, this one, the, this achiever saboteur, uh, actually their name is Clarice, just so you know, we're going to get, mm -hmm. we'll get there. We'll get there. But, um, Clarice is, is really good at it's, it's, and it's, it's so interesting because like Clarice wants me to achieve, but Clarice also stops me from achieving because like tries to stop me in my tracks or tries to get me to pivot and start a new direction just as a way to, I think it's probably also avoiding some vulnerability and some failure. Um, cause Clarice is afraid of failure. So mm. that's definitely one that comes up for me often, especially as an entrepreneur, because as you know, an entrepreneurship, we have, we are our own, our own people, right? We don't, there's not a manager out there who's like, oh, you're doing such a great job. I don't get an annual performance review except for the one I give myself. So, um, yes. you know, I, I, all I have is data from clients or from LinkedIn to, to try to put something together for myself. And the tricky part about that being an entrepreneur and what I see with a lot of my clients, what I've experienced myself, um, about a year ago is that it takes time for your actions to show up. And there's a lag time with that. Yeah. But Clarice doesn't necessarily know that. She doesn't know that what you did three months ago is going to start showing up one month from now. Mm -hmm. So she's thinking, where is the validation? Where are the likes? Where are the clients? Where is the money? Where, where are the external factors showing me that this is the right path? But what she doesn't know is that that's going to take another month. So we have to wait it out a little bit more, but Clarice is like screaming at this point, right? Like, no, we got to change. So I see so many new entrepreneurs change and pivot all the time, way too fast. And it's good to change, but you got to give yourself some time to see and like fully play out your experiment to see if what you're doing is actually working. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess what it could start with is asking yourself, hey, is this Clarice talking? Or, you know, if you're listening, is this whoever talking who is your Clarice? Um, or is this actually my intelligent CEO business brain that is saying this? And that's what we'll get to when we talk about personas. But what I would love is to ask you a little bit more about where the saboteurs live and to get into your knowledge um, a bit more since you are so fully into this topic. Can you tell us a bit more about like the background behind it? Sure. And and I want to make sure also that we um, bring this, you know, we started talking about entrepreneurship, but we're going to talk about this in terms of that career, that bold career move, just so everybody out there knows. Um, and if you, if you're thinking about a bold career move and you want to drop that in the chat, you let us know because, or if you have a saboteur, if anything is resonating with you and you're live on LinkedIn, let us know in the comments, because it's always nice to be, to have that shared experience. I feel like, so this is going to, this is like a, a very, very quick overview of, and very simplified, the most simple version of the human brain that we could possibly give. Um, and but the idea is that, so we have this survival instinct, right? Our quote unquote, we're going to call it the survivor brain. And 
this is the part of our brain that is focused on our survival. It is everything that from the part that helps us breathe and live to the part that would like jump out of the way of a moving vehicle to the part that has perceived dangers in the world. <laughs> and it perceives that, um, it perceives that my business isn't, is, I, I, that my business isn't succeeding because I am not seeing X, Y, Z external validation. That's only a perceived, uh, that's only a perceived danger, right? Like that's not a real danger. It's just a perceived danger. And so that part of our brain, that's where these saboteurs live. And that is, that's the part that they've developed over the course of our entire lives. And so, something really important to know that I, I want to make sure that everybody understands out there is that when you're feeling those sabotaging thoughts or you have an inner critic yelling at you or an inner judge being judgmental, that's coming from that survivor brain. That's that side of our brain. And the awesome news is that we actually have a whole nother side of our brain that can take that we can activate instead. And so while yes, we all have a survivor brain, which is awesome. That's why we survive. It, it also brings up these negative emotions and these sabotaging thoughts. And so what we want to make sure that we do in one of the first steps to any time we catch ourselves in saboteur mode is to activate the other side of our brain. This the other side of our brain is this rational thinking. It's a thinking brain. It's the part that generates positive thoughts. It's the part that's super creative and innovative. And it's the part that says, I can absolutely lead a TEDx talk in th three weeks from now, right? And then just goes to the whiteboard, writes down all the things we could talk about that we'd be passionate about and knows, yep, I could do it. I could make it happen. So that's, that's the part of our brain we want to be activating because that's the part of our brain that's going to actually help us see our results and, and achieve or achieve the successes and the goals that we're looking to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, the ways to activate that, which I think is really just to, to share, like, how do you activate it? And I'm just going to very quickly is one of those ways is mindfulness. And I know sometimes people hear mindfulness or meditation and they might get a little bit, depending on their background, they might be like, oh, we're talking about this again. I don't know. But like, there's a reason that all of the big thinkers and all of the, the leaders that you follow and the thought leaders you follow on LinkedIn or on Instagram or wherever, they all talk about this because it actually, it works. It actually activates a different part of our brain. And so the simplest mindfulness that I can offer is bringing acute awareness to one of your senses. Um, it doesn't even have to be eyes closed. If you want to do a visual mindfulness, then that works too, where you just look at, like, look at an object with more detail than you've ever paid attention to ever and ever before, or touch something and pay attention to every single ridge, contour, texture, temperature, whatever might work. You can do this with sense. You can do this with sound, but just bringing acute awareness to one of your senses for even one minute will help activate that other side of your brain. And that's what, that's like kind of the first step in shifting out of saboteur mode and into a mode that's going to help you really move forward. Mm. 
I love that tip for mindfulness because I recognize that I come from tech myself and it's also such a buzzword. It's like, well, okay, mindfulness. So how do I even do that? Well, this is a really accessible way to try it out. What comes before shifting um, into the thinking brain using mindfulness is noticing that you are in saboteur mode, right? And something that helps me with that is what we talked about already a little bit with Clarice is turning these saboteurs into personas, giving them a name, mm -hmm. a distinct character. Maybe it's someone from a movie or a TV show or a cartoon, or maybe it's someone from your family. I have a saboteur. It's for very specific moments. Her name is Omi. That's my grandmother. And um, she uh, grew up in Indonesia um, in Indonesia, there was a war and she was in a Japanese camp and as a child, and there was not enough food. There was never enough food. So when she was a grown adult with a beautiful family living in the Netherlands, she would always cook for the masses because <laughs> she knew that like that was ingrained in her was like, there, there needs to be enough food. And somehow that trickled down into my mom into me that to the point where I don't cook for the masses, but I cannot throw away food for the life of me. I will cut the malt away. I will keep half eaten apples on the counter for days. My husband will be like, please, can I throw this, this dirty avocado away? I'm like, no, you can't. I will eat it. I will eat it. And I will. Um, but sometimes that is not very helpful because sometimes the milk is sour and you shouldn't. <laughs> and sometimes you shouldn't eat the meat, you know? So it's, it's a very practical thing. And some people might think, well, well that, why is that hard for you? But it is hard for me. It's ingrained in my system to not throw it away. But when I learned about, and this is something else, I have a podcast episode about this. When I learned about generational trauma, I'm not going to go into it because it's way too deep for today. I realized that was the moment I identified, oh, there's a saboteur and her name is Omi and she's in my brain. And when the milk is sour and I feel almost a bodily repulsive feeling of throwing it away, that's her. That's not me. And because I can identify it as Omi, I can then take action and it might still be hard. So I'll have to actively shift into the thinking brain. I'll have to, you know, use my senses and smell the milk and be like, yeah, yes, thinking brain, this is spoiled. Um, but it starts with that, that recognition. Um, I also love what we talked about um, before when we connected, Karin, how to send them love. Mm. And I'm wondering, how do you give your saboteur who's afraid of failure how do you give that persona love i think that's a really it's really interesting it's not always the easiest um but it's so important because we want to avoid judging the saboteur because if we're being judgmental towards our saboteur or mean to our saboteur then that's actually just another saboteur it's, it's just kind of it becomes a a, a, circu a circle of sabotage. I don't know. Yes. But 
So, so I think what you just actually mentioned, you, you put, you said the word like separate from, you know, knowing that it's Omi and it's not you. I think it's like such an important, crucial step. And like the first step in giving that love is that recognizing that like, or thinking of the saboteur as separate from you and then thinking like, okay, so for me, Clarice, like what, what made Clarice develop, you know, inside my head and sending that love. So, and there's, there's some inner child work here and that's not the goal of our conversation today, but there's some inner child work. There's, there's, it does take some work to recognize wait, well, why did this specific saboteur develop? And so in your case, you just shared how that developed in my case, Clarice, um, part of Clarice's origin story is that my parents, as I grew up there for both of them, the terms competence and incompetence were their key go-to adjectives mm. to describe somebody and to indicate if that person, they wouldn't have said it like this or thought about it like this, but like to indicate the value of that person. It, and I don't mean that in like, in a, in a mean way, they weren't mean spirited, but I, mm -hmm. I just, as a child, and I, again, this is me as a child, right? So I am looking at this through a child's lens, not the nuance of an adult. And so as a child, all I knew is that incompetence, bad, competence, good, like that, you know, good, bad, like it's a child's brain looking at a situation. And so, and then kind of that constantly being validated back to me through my grades or through, you know, how my parents, when my parents might have praised me or when they might've critiqued me, that type of thing. And that, and I know that that's part of Clarice's origin story. And mm -hmm. so that gives me a lot of empathy for Clarice. And I think being able to find that empathy for that part, that, that sabotaging part or that saboteur is really important because if you can find that empathy, you can find that love for them and send them some love because you know, like I know that Clarice is responding from that place of, of what, of childhood, basically of the child's yes. lens still. And so that's, I think that's a big, that's a big piece of it for me is of how I can send some love over is by just generating that empathy and remembering the origin story of Clarice. Clarice in this case. Yeah. And, and I think that so many of us are connecting to that story, to, to your origin story of Clarice, um, because it wasn't just that, that it was competent or incompetent, but it was someone else putting that label on it. Like it was out of your control, your mom or your dad, they were the ones who decided check or no check. And asking yourself, when did I decide that this was true? or when did this thought first come can be very helpful. If you are listening and you're like, well, I'm not sure where this saboteur came from. Maybe thinking about that question, pondering on like, when did I first have that thought or when did I decide that thought was true can lead you back. And then keep asking that same question. Like, can you trace it back even further? Or was that really the start? And the way I gave love to my saboteur today when it came to the TED talk was that 
I recognized because she has talked to me many times. <laughs> she, she's my bestie. She's there all the time. Um, and what she's really trying to do is protect me. Mm -hmm. I know that she's not trying to hurt me by saying, maybe you shouldn't apply to that TED talk. There's not enough time. They already have people. They're way better than you. She's not trying to hurt me. She's trying to protect me from rejection. She's trying to protect me from being hurt. Because if I give myself to this, if I apply, if I write the statement, and if I record the video and I do it all, and I hear no, how painful would that be? But I know that it's more hurtful for me now with my adult brain to not try and like miss out on the opportunity. So in that moment, I can give love to her and, and say, hey, I really appreciate you looking out for me. I love that you are worried about me. Thank you. But I'm okay. I got this. And if they say no, I'm okay too. And then from that love, it's almost like she vanishes or she diminishes into something like little fairy dust because it's like, oh, you calmed her down. And instead of getting mad and like getting this saboteur cycle, like you said, you make it less powerful by giving love. And I think I've seen many quotes around this saying something like the parts of you that are struggling are the ones that need love. Can you give, can you give those parts love? And how would this, this theory of inner saboteurs, how would this link to bold career steps in your eyes, Kareem? So from the, oh, I, well, first of all, I just appreciate what you just shared. I think that it's sending love. And also that like, once you recognize that what the goal, the goal of the saboteur is actually protection. It's not sabotage. <laughs> It's protection. And once we realize like, oh, it's working to protect me. Well, now suddenly I'm like very appreciative. I can still say thank you. I don't need your help right now. But it, it, it is really nice to have. Um, and so I think in terms of bold career steps and in terms of what I personally see with my clients is like the, sab the saboteurs, the inner saboteurs kind of taking over in terms of how they show up as leaders maybe like, but just imposter syndrome, right, is just loaded with saboteurs that are inner saboteurs. And it's like most imposter syndrome is all in our head. And so I, I see that most commonly in terms of taking on a leadership position, especially a new leadership position or uh, in a different, or even in a different company and just immediately having the sabotage, the saboteurs come in and be like, you don't deserve this. Uh, you're not ready for this. You can't do this. The, and sending those types of thoughts in or being really, really timid and not, not showing up as a leader, being very timid in, in terms of, again, a way to protect and trying to avoid putting yourself out there too much or being vulnerable, avoid vulnerability. And so when it comes to bold career steps, what would it look like instead to take on that new leadership role and just show up fully and authentically from day one and separate from the saboteurs, love on them because they're trying to protect you, but separate from them and say, 
I've got this. I know what I'm doing and I can do it. And now I'm going to go show you how I can do this. And I think that for me personally, my clients, that's where I see this come up the most. What about for you? Mm, yeah, I recognize that. Definitely. So my clients are all navigating big career changes. And I see the saboteurs actually these days happen before they start to work with me. So it's, it's the hump they need to get over to allow themselves to get support in this. So it starts with even questioning if they really need a career change. It's like they're, they've been unhappy in their job for months, maybe years. They have Sunday scaries. They dread the Mondays. They feel like their life's getting sucked out of them every Zoom meeting. Yet the inner saboteurs are saying, well, shouldn't you be grateful that you have a job? A lot of people don't have a job. And what if it's worse somewhere else? You should be happy with what you've got. Or, um, well, you have a stable income. That's important. You know, but they could be laid off. But it could be better somewhere else. Um, all these saboteur thoughts, then when they finally get over those saboteur thoughts and they say, okay, it's time for a career change. It's like, well, I, I kind of want some support with that. Well, you could do it yourself. You, you could do that yourself. You shouldn't spend that much money on yourself. You should spend the money on a new pair of shoes for your kids or even like not an, an, not a specific thing that they need to spend it on, but not on themselves. And those are all the saboteurs who are like keeping you small and where you are. Because what we know is familiar and what we don't know is scary. The unfamiliar, even if it's better for us, is scary and we don't want it. So working with someone who's going to fully support you more than you've ever felt supported in your career, if you've never felt that, that's really scary. And mm -hmm. your inner saboteurs are going to be like, mm, no, no, you're not worth it. We shouldn't do that. So I noticed that they are loudest right before my clients start working with me. And it's for me as a coach, and now I'm going to be really open, sometimes quite challenging because I never want to push someone to work with me. Never. And I also see it as a disservice to my potential clients to not challenge the saboteurs a little bit. And you see what I mean? Like they, they're coming to me with saboteur sentences. And on the one hand, I want to respect that and say, okay, that's okay. You can do it on your own. And on the other hand, I want to point out the saboteur or I want to probe to see, is this hunch that I'm having that this is a saboteur thought, is that real? But I don't want to you know, they're not my clients. So sometimes that can be quite challenging. So I see that when my clients decide to work with me, it's almost as if they've overcome that saboteur. And it's a um, lot smoother sailing from there, which is kind of funny <laughs> because then you've done a lot of the work yourself. Like you've done a big chunk of work yourself by allowing yourself to work with someone who's going to support you. That resonates so much. Everything from what your clients first experience. I definitely had all of those saboteur thoughts in a previous role <laughs> to, to what you're saying is there, we, in order to even seek help, we have 
we usually often have to overcome our own saboteurs who talk about we can do it or I can do it myself or what if this doesn't work or is um this this one minute of mindfulness is that's not even that doesn't even seem like it's something that would be helpful mm -hmm. those are all saboteur thoughts and so having to I see what we do even just to start working with a coach, it does take some overcoming of our own saboteurs. And it's whether somebody works with me or not, I want to make sure they get value. And if I can help somebody see the, a saboteur that they may have that's sending them thoughts, it's it's not just coming up right now, right? It's mm -hmm. not just around yeah. this one scenario. That saboteur likes to show up in other scenarios as well. And mm -hmm. so it's like even just is that little bit of self-awareness, that little seed of self-awareness and understanding ourselves a little bit better can be so powerful and such a powerful takeaway, whether somebody wants to work with me or not. Absolutely. And something that just came to mind that I don't want to go into too much depth, but I do want to share it because it it's not just, it's not just your own, it's sometimes... I'm trying to say sometimes it is out of your control to overcome these saboteurs and it's almost a chemical reaction. And I want to just really briefly share that when you have a lot of stress, you have a lot of cortisol and cortisol when it peaks releases dopamine and we love dopamine. So it makes us keep running when there's a bear. Yeah. It makes us not feel that tiredness or that stress. So when we are very stressed in our jobs, we almost become addicted to the cortisol because at that peak, we get the dopamine. So we get addicted to that dopamine hit, but in order to get there, we need stress. So what happens is that we create stress for ourselves or we prevent ourselves from having lower cortisol levels because we won't reach that peak anymore where dopamine gets released. So what I'm, what I'm, trying to say is that if it's hard to allow yourself to get help, it can be the saboteurs and it can also be your body literally not wanting to let go of that peak of cortisol. So there's so much awareness around this that you need to have. And then still you are an animal. Your body is functioning in a way you have hormones, you are craving hormones. So a great book that I've read about this is called Burnout, Breaking the Stress Cycle. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, just to put into perspective that when you do all this work and it's still really freaking hard, there's so much more to it. So it's just another, it's just another thing to think about if you are thinking of getting therapy or coaching, whatever is the best fit for you at that time, to maybe look into that because there is a lot behind it. So it is challenging to do by yourself. Yes. And you can't control necessarily what's going to pop in your head. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Karin. How can people connect with you and how can they work with you potentially if they resonated with what you shared today? Um, yeah, so absolutely connect with me on LinkedIn. That is the best way to connect with me. And I have the Confident Leadership Accelerator starting next week. So this is great timing. Um, so if anything I said resonated today and you really want to dive in that 
it's an eight-week leadership accelerator program where we're going to dive into saboteurs and also recognizing and owning our unique leadership philosophies. And through that, we are working to 10x our confidence, productivity, and also our sense of peace. So kind of what you were just saying, I feel like you can both be confident and have and feel peace during stress. And so how do we how do we use this this technique in order to also increase our feelings of peace? And so that starts next week. So if you have any questions or that even you got a little nudge, just drop me a DM on LinkedIn. We can talk more. I can share details and we can see, we can connect and get to know each other. Amazing. Definitely do that. If the story resonated and if you are wanting to work on your leadership. Now, my career coaching program, The Pivot Plan, is for people who are in a little bit of a different boat. Um, people who are wanting to make a career change, a bold pivot, but they don't exactly know what that is going to be yet. You know you want to make a change, but what, how, when, where, what you're good at, what would fit you well, how to find a company that works for you, all of those are big question marks, then this is the perfect program for you. The doors to the Pivot Plan are closing tomorrow, Wednesday the 31st at midnight. And we are kicking off two weeks later on a three-month career coaching journey. We're going to have group sessions. We're going to have one-on-one -on -one sessions. You'll have my support in Slack. That means that you can voice message and text me throughout the week if anything comes up for you. We're going to work on your LinkedIn, how to pitch yourself, and overall get extreme clarity on what your next career step is going to be. Now, if that resonates with you, I'll put the link to enroll in the program in the show notes as well as here on LinkedIn in the chat. And if you loved this episode, I would love to hear from you as well. Karin, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us today. And everyone who listened, I appreciate you so much. And I'll see you all on the next one.